Welcome back to Cthulhu Light Show, your one-stop shop for nerd news you've already heard and opinions you don't need. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the recent Last of Us 2 leaks, and then we'll be doing an overall retrospective of The Last of Us as a series, our thoughts on it both as a game, as a story, whether or not it needs a sequel, and why we're very unhappy with the leaks. Um, so there will be spoilers abound this episode, but we won't get into spoilers for The Last of Us 2 until the latter segment of the episode, and we will warn you ahead of time. Uh, oh, uh, I'm Brian. And I'm Dakota. I did your thing that time. I forgot my name. Yeah. Nice, you stole my thing where I forget yeah. my name. It was completely unintentional. So, Brian, The Last of Us was a game, and that was pretty cool. And it took forever to get a sequel. And now that we have a sequel, uh, it kind of sucks. But, yeah. you know, I'll reserve judgment, honestly. Just because... Right now, we're going to talk about, specifically, The Last of Us Part 2 leaks that came out about a month ago. Yeah, no no spoilers yet. Yeah, no spoilers yet. And this, we're looking at, I think I linked it to Brian as well. I linked uh, an Imgur link, which details a bunch of uh, Last of Us 2 plot details, which got leaked onto 4chan, uh, allegedly by an employee of Naughty Dog, who was disgruntled with the working environment and quit. Well, I, th- uh, I th- if you listen to Sony, uh, it wasn't an employee; it's just some asshole. Uh, and I also heard that it wasn't an employee, but like the the spouse of an employee. Yeah, I thought I thought in the original leaks they said that they were connected to somebody who worked at Naughty Dog. I got pulled up right here. First first line: I am the immediate family member of someone working at Naughty Dog on right. Last of Us Two. Right. Yeah, and uh, the contents of the leak, which we won't get into made people extremely mad. Um, the Last of Us 2 was trending on Twitter for a full day. There was a really like complicated and I think kind of dumb discussion about... <sighs> there was this discussion going on about like... I mean, on one hand, I understand being upset if you were looking forward to a game and then somebody spoils the game for you when it's a, a story-driven game. Like, I understand being mad about getting those spoilers, but I saw a lot of arguments that I thought were not nearly as, like, clever as people thought they were, where people were saying, don't you realize that when you leak stuff like that, you're ruining the years of hard work put in by the staff at Naughty Dog? I think those arguments are a little silly, because supposedly the reason the leaks got dropped was because the Naughty Dog staff have all been furloughed, you know, as a result of COVID-19. And this game is going to be getting sat on for months as a result, um, which means that the release bonus that most of them would get after the game is released and performs well is also being delayed to them. And workers in this industry are infamously, um, like, abused and stepped on. The, supposedly, oh, the yeah. reason, suppo- like, like almost as bad as like animators. They're but, basically uh, second class citizens. It's it, it it's it's weird how we kind of we all kind of let that go. Yeah, like I think most of these people are probably technically freelancers instead of like I'm sure they don't get a whole lot of benefits and stuff like that. They work unbelievable hours. There's there's been all this discussion about like crunch time and whether or not that's acceptable in the industry or whatever. But then at the same time. This, this got leaked because supposedly Naughty Dog was denying, like, people asked for an advance of the release bonus and Naughty Dog's higher-ups denied them those advances, but a lot, like, word trickled down that a lot of the executives at the companies had been giving themselves advances for the release bonuses. So... I think that the, the, the person who leaked this had, like, legitimate grievances, if all of this is true. So I think it's a little silly to be like, do you realize, like, how you're ruining all the hard work of these people who who slaved away on this game? You know, uh, maybe there's some truth to that, but I'm sure at the end of the day, these guys want to get paid most of all and respected by their employers, you know? Yeah, you know, uh, people want to take care of their families, take care of themselves. You know, people got to get paid. We live in uncertain times. People are being fired or furloughed. So I, I understand, you know, where they're coming from. Uh, I didn't hear anything about this, about Naughty Dog execs giving themselves big bonuses. Uh, yeah. That's super shitty. 
Yeah, that was the rumor going around, and that that's the thing with stuff like this, is, like, it's so hard to verify what's real and what isn't, especially when, like, you're receiving leaks through 4chan, which is, by its very nature, completely anonymous. But I would not be at all surprised to learn that that was the truth, and doesn't Naughty Dog have a bit of a history of not being the kindest to their employees? Oh, that's kind of a thing with most game developers, honestly. I haven't heard anything specifically about Naughty Dog until yeah. until recently. But, you know, like we've, like we've said before, it's not great uh, to be a video game developer. Like, any time, right. really. But yeah, so there was an attempt to get ahead of, or get in control of the leaks and claim that the person who had leaked them was in no way affiliated with Naughty Dog. Which, Dakota, you had some thoughts about the way gaming, like, uh, news media was covering that story. Oh, you want me to get into the, into the conspiracy stuff already? Well, I just meant, like, y- I seem to recall you didn't think that the coverage was very fair. Well, yeah, and and this this is a whole other can of worms, it'd probably be another episode. Uh, th- this all kind of dates back to the old, uh, the old Goobergate. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's no secret that Paola plays a big part in games journalism. Uh, it's been like it's been like this for decades. I'm not sure if people are mad about it now, but um, like specifically, what I was citing here is that when Sony dropped the uh, the the news, or the comment that um, the person who who leaked the Last of Us Two actually didn't work at Naughty Dog, and there's a compilation of a bunch of different. Uh, websites like Kotaku and Giant Bomb and uh, pretty much uh, Destructoid, like every gaming news place, dropping the line that you know Sony says uh, leaker did not work at Naughty Dog. Yeah, which it feels. I, I mean, anything for a story, I guess, but it feels disingenuous. Uh, well, it's one thing to say Sony says you know, Leaker does not work at Naughty Dog, but a couple of the headlines you sent to me, they were straight up saying, like, Sony confirms that, like, leaks were a sham, you know, like, like, Sony says that leakers were not connected to Naughty Dog, so that's the end of that story. Um, Yeah, exactly. They're trying to play it off like, like, oh, hey, guys, look, they didn't even work for us. You can ignore all these, uh, you can ignore all these leaks now. They're not real, guys. Even though, like, actual clips and images from, like, the late stages of the game were later leaked, like, pretty damning spoiler stuff. Yeah, we, we've got, like, yeah, like, serious plot development was leaked. Like, a verifiable video. Yeah. And we'll talk, like I said, we'll talk more about that in the second half when we get into the, the Last of Us spoilers. But, I mean, I'm not a huge conspiracy nut. Um, Dakota and I both enjoy, like, the conspiracy stuff, like, for shits and giggles. But, like, um, I will say that, you need, like, journalists should have a healthy amount of skepticism when they approach anything. So it's very disappointing to see so many outlets just saying, well, Sony said the leaks aren't real, so I guess they're not. Fucking of course Sony would say the leaks weren't real. Yeah, Neil Druckmann's not going to come out and say, uh... Guys, you caught us. This is a marketing thing. Uh, yeah, none of this is real. We'll see. Uh, we'll see you this uh, this December. Like, oh yeah, our our Sony exclusive like triple A smash hit game that's like been hotly anticipated since 2012. You know, we, we definitely don't have a stake in pretending that the leaks that made everybody mad are fake. Just take us at our word, like news outlets. You know. To me, the leaks seem pretty damning. You know, 4chan leaks are always a little dubious, but when you, when all of the images and video um, came in later, I was like, okay, that's pretty much a done deal. Yeah, it's, it's 4chan is a mixed bag, of course. You'd never believe anything you read on 4chan, but also, mm-hmm. like, several, like... like I, I don't have specific examples, unfortunately. I didn't think that far ahead. I'm not going to put that much effort into this podcast. Mm-hmm. But, but um, there have been several things that have been leaked, and not just in video games, and in other sorts of things. There's there's been like different things leaked on 4chan. Uh, well, there was there was the infamous example of like a CIA agent or whatever went on 4chan to like 
predict some massive like geopolitical events and 4chan users and i quote dismissed the leak as fake and gay ah yes Um, yes there's one yeah and it turned out to be completely true yeah it's it's funny what what the internet will believe yeah so that and that's still that's that's just the thing like you, you can always attack it like oh it's it's 4chan it's it, they're all Nazis on there, and we we can ignore their opinions. But like, like serious, like, ironically enough, serious journalism has happened on 4chan. I mean, there's a reason leakers come to 4chan. It's because, like I said, by its nature, it is anonymous, and this happens with video games constantly. Partly because a lot of these developers are treated horribly. Anyway, do you have anything you want to add on the leaks, or do you want to get into the general discussion of the franchise, if you call it that? Uh, uh, technically, I guess there's a bunch we can talk about with that, but um, no, that, that, honestly, that's about it. We have fucking thoughts with a capital T H O T S. <laughs> we we have we have capital H capital O hot opinions. What about the T? Oh ho! No. Opinions? Yeah. Okay. Okay. The, the, cap- okay. the, the, the H and hot and the O in opinion are capitalized. Oh, okay. I thought you were just being dumb. Okay. I Never also mind. I also in my head visualized capital H O lowercase T <laughs> capital O hot opinions. I was like, are you trying to emphasize ho? Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's because they're women, Brian. Uh-huh. All the characters are women. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> Go take the podcast back. Anyway, okay, so let's get into The Last of Us as a as an actual game, like the original The Last of Us, which came out in 2012. I believe it was a PS3 exclusive, correct? It was, and I lied to you earlier. I'm sorry. It, was, it came out in 2013. Oh, did it? Okay, you fucking Yeah, I'm asshole. sorry. I, 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 I was, was going to jump on that, but you started talking. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, it, it did come out in 2013 because literally the next year it came out in HD for the PS4, I think. Yeah, it got remastered almost immediately. Which is, uh, I mean, honestly, fine because, like, I got it for the PS4 instead of the PS3, and it does look great. And uh, I think more people, or just as many people played it on the PS4 as on the PS3, I think. So I think more people played it on PS4 because it, it got all the hype on PS3. Yeah. And then. You know, because it was right at the end of the PS3's lifespan. Right. Of course, they're going to remaster that right around for the PS4, which that's how right. I, that's also how I played it, was the remastered edition. Yeah. And the remastered edition came prepackaged with the DLC, I believe, um, which was another Yeah, it also perk. came with uh, Last of Left Behind. Yes. Um, which is more about, like, Ellie's backstory and stuff like that. Dakota, what were your thoughts on The Last of Us when you first played it? Did you play it first, or did you experience it through, like, Let's Plays first? Oh, I ended up uh, playing it first. I, I okay. heard a lot about, I heard obviously a lot about the game, and uh, actually when I bought my PS4 off of a friend, one of the games that came included with it was The Last of Us, so I ended up playing it, you know, right around the time I got a PS4, which, like, I thought it was great. It was a, it was a solid, it, I, I wouldn't. It, it, I struggle to call it a game now, especially in the aftermath of, like, the Telltale series that we did. The yeah. episode. Uh, because one of the big things that not just Telltale, but also The Last of Us did was push games in, in like, an interactive story kind of way. Yeah. So I, str- I struggle to call it a game. But obviously, well, like, it's got more interaction than, say, the Telltale games. Yeah, but see, it, I would, it, I would the hesitate. The to... thing that it works in is like it's a very deep story, in addition to this like, all right gameplay. I would hesitate to call it a truly like interactive story model because there are some ways you can interact with the story. Like you, there are to- like when you are playing through the gameplay segments, small talk will be exchanged between whatever characters you have with you. And, um, you, there are certain things you can do, like, sometimes you have an option to talk to Ellie or not, you can give her a high five or leave her hanging, you know, there's little stuff like that, but by and large, the game takes the wheel for you and gives you lots and lots and lots of cutscenes. Yeah, that's the big thing, I guess, Yeah. 
the way that I kind of wanted to word it in my weird ramble. Yeah, it is definitely a story-driven game, which this will be kind of, like, controversial for me because I have spent a lot of time on this podcast railing against story-driven games as, like, a concept. Um, The Last of Us is a rare example in which I will be lenient. I fucking love The Last of Us. Part of the reason I give The Last of Us an excuse or or I'll give it a pass, is because I think The Last of Us has a damn near perfect story. And there's not a lot of stuff I would say that about, but I, I really think that, like, The Last of Us hits every single story beat it needs. Its ending is, like, bittersweet and, like, complicated and makes you feel kind of uncomfortable but also hopeful. The relationship between Ellie and Joel is spectacular. They're both really great characters just on their own, and even a couple of the more minor characters like Tess I think are pretty interesting. The opening, like, 15-20 minutes of the game... By the way, spoilers for this fucking seven-year-old game the opening like 15 20 minutes where joel is trying and failing to escape the city with his daughter and she dies are fucking heartbreaking like even on replays that shit still makes me sad as hell oh yeah no that that, it, it it the game pulls your heartstrings immediately by separating a father and his daughter yeah and, well and, and, it... and the whole sorry go ahead I was just going to say, and it makes you start the game as the daughter. So, like, you're watching yourself die. Yeah, it, it forces you to get invested in the character right off the bat. Yeah. Which was which is a good choice. And and the whole... And and I guess that that's the, the, the story in The Last of Us is, like, when Joel gets Ellie, you know, it, it's supposed to be, like, him, like, trying to to learn to care for other people again. Which, which is a really a super simple a super simplified way to break down the story of the last of us there's yeah. a whole lot more to it it like like I'm, I'm not as high on it as other people are like Brian is it, it, it's a fine game I played it I loved it uh, I, I just don't understand the, the lasting hype I guess yeah well so I'll say this I think the last of us as a game has not a ton of replay value. Um, I have replayed it two or three times, mostly out of, like, boredom when I had nothing else to play. But the story is the highlight and the gameplay is, uh... It's there. I don't want to say mediocre, because that sounds kind of mean, but it's very forgettable. It's generally not very engaging. There are a couple moments that stand out in my mind as being, like, pretty good, but for the most part, it's very standard fare for, like, post-apocalyptic zombie game. Oh, yeah. So, it's, it's a weird example where, like, this is a story-driven game that I actually like because I legitimately think the story is that good. And I think playing through it once or twice is worthwhile because I think the, like, scenery and atmosphere and sometimes the combat actually does contribute to, like, the tone and the mood and the atmosphere of the story elements and those little exchanges between Joel and Ellie also inform the rest of the stories. But once you've experienced that a couple times, I'm like, if I feel like enjoying The Last of Us, I might as well just look up all the all of the cutscenes on YouTube because the gameplay becomes a bit of a slog. Yeah, it's in The Last of Us. It's a very stealth-based game, and that's yes. not for everybody. I am not good at stealth games. I'm weird. Well, I prefer using stealth in, in games that offer it, but don't make it like a central part of the game, like most mm. Bethesda games. Uh, I'm not a fan of stealth games, like like Thief, or ironically like this Bethesda published game Dishonored. There's also a couple Dishonored games. They're, they're alright, I'm just not a huge like stealth guy, personally. Well, it gets a little exhausting when it's like the foundation of the entire game. I just don't have that kind of patience. Yeah, so the gameplay is very meh. They very briefly had an online multiplayer that you could play, like a versus mode, that I don't think ever fucking caught on at all because the gameplay just wasn't 
good enough, you know? I I, um, I didn't play the multiplayer, but I, I have a friend who was really into The Last of Us. He played the multiplayer. I watched him play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiplayer kind of sucks, honestly. And that's Yeah. The, the multiplayer feels almost like an afterthought for The Last yeah. of Us. The gameplay for the entire game is almost like an afterthought, you know? Yeah. Clearly, they were like, we want to tell a story... Yeah, we'll make it a video game eventually. Yeah, we'll do stuff. Sony wants multiplayer. We'll give them multiplayer. It's a weird thing because The Last of Us almost feels like it was built to be like like a like a Netflix movie or like yeah. a TV show, but it ended up being a fucking video game for some reason. Because I guess like Neil Druckmann worked at Naughty Dog for mm-hmm. all these years. And like, funny enough, there's been all this talk about a Last of Us movie for years now. It already fucking is a movie, you know. Yeah, Just watch the like, cutscenes. Wh- what are you gonna do? Like, we, we, like, sure, we can get like Troy Baker and Ellen Page, I guess, is who they, they they designed her to look like, but she's actually played by like Ashley Johnson, I think. Yes, Ellen Page fucking sued over that. Oh my god, that's right. Cause, cause they even gave Ellie like the little little scar on her eyebrow that Ellen Page has. And then, I believe she earned, as a result, she earned a contract to be in Beyond Two Souls, I think. But then there was another controversy because she discovered that the developers had created a nude model of her. Oh, um, yes, yes. That, that That's the only reason Beyond Two Souls got any kind of popularity is, like, they yeah. made, like, a fully, they like, a fully modeled nude model of, like, Ellie from the game. Not, not Ellie, Ellie, sorry, Ellen Page, not Ellie. Yeah. Which, like, she did not specifically model for it. There was, like, there was a shower scene in the game, but it only showed from, like, the shoulder up. Um, But she discovered that for some reason they had created an entire detailed nude model of the character. So, I I don't think Ellen Page has ever come back to do voice work for a video game. Oh, Um, no. She's set anyway. She got her money. Something I, I do want to comment on, though, uh, is cut, this is kind of a callback to what you were saying earlier about the like character dynamic between Joel and Ellie. Uh, one of the things that I love about the the story of the game is that it so perfectly understands the two main characters it's working with, and I think it provides like one of the things we don't like about the the leaks for The Last of Us Two is they kind of border on nihilism. Um, whereas oh, yeah. the, the, the interactions between Joel and Ellie in the first game are very, like, there's a very cynical tinge to their relationship, but it never completely condemns their relationship either. You know, it never verges into the nihilism territory. But one of the right. things that I love is, like you said, Joel learns to like love again through his kind of, you know adopting ellie as his new daughter essentially but as the game progresses and joel becomes more comfortable with her and a happier person overall ellie becomes more and more bitter and like cynical and she trusts people less and less so like joel gets the best parts of ellie and ellie gets the worst parts of him so by the time Joel is finally ready to embrace this like adoptive father-daughter relationship that Ellie had originally wanted for them, Ellie is kind of uneasy with Joel. Uh, particularly because the game ends with Joel doing some pretty fucked up shit and then lying to her about it. So the the game ends with Joel being all like chipper and the sun is rising and you're like hiking through this pristine wilderness and you know, Joel is rambling on and on about all the, the great things they're going to do and see, and Ellie's just kind of, like, quiet. And the game ends with Joel having to lie to her one last time. And, I don't know, I just love that ending. It's, it's um, a beautiful story, I'll give you that. It, it's yeah. I'm not going to knock The Last of Us for its story. If anything, the gameplay needs a little to be desired. But yes. just every, every beat of the story of The Last of Us hits just right it, it, it's yeah. it's it, it, it for a while it was considered like the peak of like video game writing i would still consider it that I've, I've never seen anything top it and i think i think people who keep trying to top it are kind of foolish because the last of us struck that perfect 
balance for a story-driven game that I think is almost impossible to strike. Um, and I think the more you try, the more you will turn people against, you know, games with stories. Um, yeah, yeah. Look at Telltale. Yes, yeah. And with Tell- Telltale, the story is the game, you know. And even then, people started to kind of wear thin on that. But I think The Last of Us was just perfect in the sense that the story was so damn compelling and the gameplay offered enough little tidbits of like character interaction and stuff that it kept people playing to get to the next piece of story. I think most story-driven games cannot pull that off. Uh, oh, definitely. No, it's always a struggle for that. And especially when you have, like, uh, I guess, underage character, like a... And I, I, it sounds way creeper than I mean it to be. Like like a younger character, it's really hard to write. Like, mm-hmm. especially a teenage girl, it's really yeah, hard. I to think write she's like them. Four, isn't she like fourteen? I think or something like she's that. She's fourteen or fifteen, but like, because okay. I think Joel has to teach her to drive at some point. Yes. But he's, yeah, he's got he's got to teach her to drive when they like push start a fucking manual transmission truck. It's yeah. it's a super cool scene. The game is really good and the story is solid. And the yeah. writing is is really solid too. Like I said, it's really hard to write. It's really hard to write for children. Mm-hmm. And Ellie comes off as a super believable like child character. It's also hard to make me root for a character who's like completely unlikable. Which I would say Joel verges on being completely unlikable. Yeah, Joel's um, not a good person. Like it, like in, in any stretch of the imagination. No. Even when he becomes a happier person, he is still routinely doing horrible things for his own selfish reasons. For anybody who doesn't know, the way the game ends is Ellie is brought in to use her like her body, her I think she has like a a, a growth in her brain that they believe that if they remove it, they can pass her immunity on to everybody. They can make like a vaccine from it. Yeah, that, that, that's um, the that's what that's what the the fireflies are the main group. That's what their right. whole mission is is trying to find a yeah. cure for the uh, for the cordyceps fungus. Yeah, Joss Whedon mobilized the brown coats and fucking. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Wait, hold on. I want to know where this is going now. We're going to bring Joss Whedon into this. Because you said fireflies. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the surgeon at the end is just Joss Whedon. I was going to make a joke about him wanting to like reach around in a little girl's brain, but I thought that might sound like uh, inflammatory. Um, uh, sorry, Joss. You're, you're not far off. If, if, if things, uh, are, things are to be believed. Anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but yeah, so, but the big twist of the game is they go all this way to help Ellie develop a cure and then it's revealed, well, Ellie can develop a cure, but she will absolutely die in the process. Um, and so Joel makes the decision to kill all the people who are working to make a cure and take Ellie away from there while she's like drugged and unconscious. So he tells her at the end that the scientists assured him that they would be able to make a cure without her after all. Um, And Ellie clearly kind of suspects that this is bullshit. And she wanted to sacrifice herself for the greater good, but Joel is not prepared to lose another daughter, so he doesn't let her really have a say in it. And I think that's really interesting, and it's like, Joel fucks the entire world. Like, that was the one chance the world had at maybe recovering, and the whole game shows us how fucked up the world is. And we had that chance, but because he can't bear to, like, lose somebody again, he does the selfish thing. And he kills very innocent people in the process. Yeah, the Fireflies Um, aren't, like... uh, They're kind of the bad guys in the game, but they're they're not, like, objectively bad. Yeah, they're they're gray. I would say. Yeah, they're they're more um, they're morally neutral. Um, um, but like basically, you just fight raiders the whole time until you get to the fireflies. The scientists who want to generate a vaccine, though, are seemingly good people who you know are taking Ellie at her word when she says she's willing to sacrifice herself. Um, but you have the option to blow most of them away, and at the very end, there's one that Joel kills no matter what. Yeah, so, which like, uh, actually ties into the sequel, if you want to get into that. Yes. Well, hang on a second. But yeah, so I, I'm just saying, like, Joel is super unlikable. 
Um, but because you see him lose his daughter at the beginning, and you see what he goes through with Ellie after that, his selfishness almost feels justified, even though it's not. Oh, almost. Like he, he's not likable, but you also, you're kind of relieved that he saved Ellie. You kind of want to see him continue on with Ellie. And you can at least understand where he's coming from when he does it. Yeah, I just think he's a fascinating character. Yes, he, he, Joel, I, I guess to, to give Naughty Dog credit, because we're going to tear the ass out of him later. Yes. Uh, to give Naughty Dog credit, they, they, they both characters are written extremely well. Like, yeah. Joel is Joel is is the way you write, like uh, like like not a, maybe not maybe an unlikable character like like an like an objectively like bad person, yeah. painted in a good light. Yeah, and and a good way to write somebody who has kind of been swallowed up by their trauma, um, who's like fundamentally damaged but not like with a tattooed on their forehead. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, and, and they do a lot of really clever stuff with that relationship, where, like, halfway through the game, Joel almost dies, and you have to play as Ellie for a decent chunk of the game, and as Ellie, you have to try and care for Joel and keep him safe. So, like, you suddenly have this inversion where the child becomes the parent, and the parent becomes the child, so you get to inhabit Ellie's skin and relate to her more, but you also sympathize for Joel in a different way because he's, like, near death, and you're caring for him, so... I don't know. They they I was opposed to a sequel to The Last of Us because I think The Last of Us again is pretty much a perfect story with a perfect ending and I like not knowing what happens to Joel and Ellie. Frankly, yeah, you can ass- for, sorry, go ahead. No, I'll just say that that's the biggest thing there is we don't need a sequel because the the story wraps up in such a satisfying yet open-ended way mm-hmm. is that any almost anything can happen after that. Yes. You, you can take it you could take it in the idea that like you know Joel and Ellie finally find somewhere to sit down and like actually eke out an existence. Or or, or it could just be the the fucking sequel that Naughty Dog gave us. Yeah, I uh I was always inclined to assume that nothing good happened after the ending of the game, but they let you have a slightly hopeful moment after a very bleak twist in the story. So although the ending is kind of uncomfortable and kind of bittersweet, it doesn't tell you that the happy ending's impossible. It lets you dream, basically. Right. Uh, which I think is perfect, and part of the reason I take issue with the sequel. Before we get in the sequel, though, Dakota, I want to talk about a trope that sprung up from The Last of Us, like, overnight, which is the older, gruff, traumatized man adopts a daughter who has been similarly traumatized, and together they learn to care again. I'm I'm not crazy, right? Like, this formula of, like, Joel and Ellie became really common really quickly in entertainment. Oh yeah, like after the last of us blew up, of course everyone wanted to emulate that that story yeah. style. So we got a, we got a lot of a lot of like objectively flawed individuals, yeah, who for better or worse come together to kind of uh, repair their own trauma. I guess, yeah. The best example I can think of off the top of my head, although there are many, uh, is Logan. Oh yeah, yeah. Logan is a strong contender for, like, the best superhero movie ever. Um, I fucking love it. Um, so good. But Logan and, um, Lo- yeah, Laura. It's Laura Kinney. Uh, Logan and Laura are Joel and Ellie. Just straight up. Oh, yeah, just with superpowers. Yeah, Logan is a slightly more admirable person than Joel. But, I mean, I think they even make Hugh Jackman up to look a little bit like Joel in Logan. Uh, that might be stretching it, but I definitely see the comparison. Yeah. Because, um, like... But, hey. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's weird, looking back at this, that Wolverine is a better person than, than Joel is. Yeah. Yeah, the, the movie fucking opens Wolverine's with him not a bunch of dudes. Wolverine's kind of an asshole. He sure is. He's the best at what he does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. But yeah, I, I can't think of a ton of other examples off the top of my head, but I know that they definitely exist. 
Look at like, any piece of look at any piece of like post-apocalyptic quote-unquote media that's come yeah. out in the last few years. It's something something's gonna be based on The Last of Us. Yeah, and and the fact of the matter is just that that formula works really, really, really well. Like just that's it. Yeah. And, you know, end of story. It's uh, a great formula. It's a, it's a touching story. It can be told a thousand times. It just works. Anyway. I've rambled on long enough. Dakota, you want to lead us into the leaks? I suppose I can. So, uh, about a month ago, like we said in, in the uh, beginning, and this is uh, this is going to go right into spoilers territory for The Last of Us 2. So, if anybody listened this far, you can go ahead and stop now, unless you're like me and just don't give a shit about the sequel. Yeah, I decided I didn't. Yeah, no, as soon as I, as soon as I saw like the leaks, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I don't, I, get, fuck this. So, about a month ago, uh, somebody, quote-unquote somebody, uh, leaked the plot to The Last of Us 2 online, specifically on, uh, on 4chan. And like we discussed before, the person who did it was someone related to someone who works at Naughty Dog, who, if the rumor mills to believe, was fed up with their with the poor treatment they received, quit, and then leaked the story. That's neither here nor there, it's already out. And I'm looking at, at this, like I said, this, this Imgur link that I sent to Brian as well, detailing the whole, like, plot leak. And I'm wondering if I, if I, if I should just read this off or not. So I'm, I'm not yeah, sure how to, give, it's, it's already Just give the down. highlights. Alright, yeah. so, like, the highlights is, like, it, it comes back, uh, with Joel and Ellie. Um, Joel and Ellie, uh, there's obviously, there's obviously some, uh, some like dissent, I guess. There's 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 like some obvious issues between the two of them, stemming from the end of the first game. Yes, I assume at some point Ellie knows, found out what happened. It's heavily implied that she already suspected what Joel did. Yeah, I'm, I don't know, and it, it doesn't say here if it's confirmed or denied. But yeah, there's like the, the big thing is that Ellie kind of knows what's going on, and and they're both trying to mend their relationship mm-hmm. and then they start introducing uh other people into it as well there's uh let's see there, there's uh dinah or dina i guess i'm sure i don't know dina. how to pronounce it I, I, I think it's dinah who ends up being kind of a love interest for a couple characters also jesse which is uh the asian kid from the 2018 teaser trailer i don't know if you remember that or not i do yeah, it looked really good. Really excited. It, 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 it made things look really good. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, dude. Uh, there's a weird love triangle going on between uh, Dinah, Jesse, and Ellie, I guess, because like they like they had in Last of Us, uh, the DLC. Ellie's kind of gay, just a little bit, and uh, Dinah's bisexual. Dina, whatever. It's it, it all plays in somehow. A lot, a lot of people seem to be hung up on the sexuality of these like fake characters. Yeah. Why don't we specifically address the aspects that were controversial and made us kind of angry? Yeah, because I'm just gonna read the entire fucking plot list then. And uh, there's a lot. So, yeah, there's a whole, there's a lot here. None, none of it makes any sense. So basically, what happens is that like Ellie and Dinah or Dina, whatever the fuck, uh, Jesse dies at some point. Jesse just fucking dies. Dina and Ellie start to get closer. Eventually, it turns out that Dina is pregnant. Obviously, by Jesse and not Ellie, unless. Cordyceps do weird shit to your body, <laughs> and the big thing that we're getting to obviously is the uh, the addition of the character Abby, who is our I'm gonna say antagonist. I don't know how you make this likable person. Uh, well, and... te- technically by definition, she's also a protagonist because you play as her. Yeah, I was gonna get to that. So yeah. Abby, at, at the end of The Last of Us, there was a surgeon. But about to cut open Ellie and Joel obviously fucking murks everybody in the building. It's like thirty people, and it gets down to just him and the surgeon. And people found out if you just don't do anything or you just walk, try to walk away, he'll kill you. So you have to kill the surgeon. Uh that that, that surgeon ends up being uh, Abby's dad. So right there is your easy motivator for like a quick revenge scheme. Is like, oh this guy killed my dad. I'm gonna fucking murder him. Is that his dad? I thought it was a woman. Nope, Abby's uh, dad is the surgeon there. It was, it was pretty much confirmed. Huh. 
Oh, I'm thinking of at the, at the very end he kills Marlene, the leader yeah, of the Fireflies. Yeah, you're thinking of someone different, yeah. It, it, it's a blink you miss a character because okay. you murder a bunch of guys, you finally break in the room where Ellie is, and there's you shoot like two surgeons and then one guy's a scalpel out to you. Like it'll do something to you. Yeah. That's the guy that we're talking about. That's the guy that is Abby's dad. Wow, they really oh, dug yeah. deep for that one. Uh, speaking of digging deep, Abby, Abby's fucking shredded. Like, she's in fantastic shape. Yeah, she is. And yes, I'm going to say she. That's all I'm going to say about it. And Abby, obviously, she's fueled by revenge. She's in, like, this weird... In this, in this apocalypse. But Abby still has, like, a state-of-the-art, like, gym that she works out at every day. So she's fucking shredded. She's in fantastic shape. Uh, eventually, somehow, Abby tracks down Joel and Ellie. And uh, Dina, Dinah, whatever the fucking... The, the one with the baby. Fucking uh, serious spoilers here. Uh, Abby fucking murders Joel with a golf club. Just, just fucking, just yeah. fucking goes to town on him. She, he, he gets the um the uh he, he gets the the Glenn treatment. Oh, he what's his Glenn. fucking name? No, he gets um Andrew oh, Ryan from right. uh, yeah, Bioshock. Yeah. That's a, that's a better description. Yeah. Uh yeah. God, Bioshock is so good. Uh. Abby we'll talk about murders, it someday. Yeah. Abby fucking murders Joel. Straight up. Yep. Which uh, is super shitty because, you know, it's Joel. That's that's our character. For love him or hate him, that's, that's, the, that's, our, that's our guy. Yeah. Uh, almost murders... Uh, it beats uh, Ellie within an inch of her life. And almost murders Dinah, who, like, takes a fucking arrow to the chest. About, she's, uh, Abby's about to slit her throat. But, like... And I can't. I haven't confirmed it yet, but like, there's the, there's this like screen grab going around that says like, you know, don't murder Dinah. She's the Last of Us too. And I'm like, oh, are you fucking kidding? That's not real. There's no way that's real. That's terrible writing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's fucking. It's, 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 it's awful. It's, it's terrible writing. It's amazing. Allegedly, how far Naughty Dog has fallen. Yes, allegedly. Uh, but. So people theorize that Dinah's gonna die anyway because she took that fucking arrow to the chest. Anyway, but just, Abby just, lets him go, and just, then like immediately like, after that, I'm, I'm getting to the end part here. Immediately after that, uh, you switch from playing as Ellie to playing as Abby. So like somehow yes. Ellie and Dinah they get away. I think I know at least Ellie gets away. So like you, you get to play as Abby, who like you, you gotta like hunt down Ellie now. It, it's a weird twist on the story. Well, get, get let's just talk about what happens to Ellie. Oh, what happens to Ellie? When you are playing as Abby, you have to kill Ellie. Oh, is that confirmed? I thought that the, I thought that that was revealed in one of the clips that came out. Was that you could there was like a clip of you, or maybe that's just her beating the shit out of Ellie with the golf club. Yeah, I was pretty the, sure the, Ellie the scene died. That got leaked. The scene that got leaked is what I was talking about. That that's Joel getting obliterated only only joel dies in that scene but abby beats the shit out of ellie dinah and joel so maybe i'm wrong at that one but there's another important aspect of this which is that apparently like many more people are introduced who are immune to the cordyceps thing which i mean it stands to reason that that would happen if one person can be immune it stands to reason that many people can be immune but it does seem to kind of declaw the the choice that Joel makes at the end of the previous game. Oh, definitely. Because, oh, oh, he's not damning mankind to an eternal apocalypse because, like, eventually herd immunity will be a thing and then that's that. Yeah, if we, if we just quit killing each other for five minutes, we can get enough immune people together to make that, to, to beat uh, the, the fungal infection with, you know, with evolution, I guess. Well, and there's a specific mention in the leaks that a person goes out of their way to have a child with a man who's immune, and presumably the child is therefore also immune. So, like, this ending implies that in a couple of generations, if people breed carefully, basically, um, then the cordyceps could be, like, driven near to extinction. Um, So it's like... Joel still did a shitty thing by killing a lot of people who were trying to help, but he didn't damn mankind, you know? So, yeah. It, it, it's, I don't know, it's weird. 
Although the the leak seems to suggest that Ellie may have been the baby in question, that like she was the product of her mother having, you know, getting it on with a dude who was immune, and that's how Ellie came about. So like immune people already existed prior to the events of the original game, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. If, if you go by the if you go by the the leaks, because it's revealed that like Mystery Woman is Ellie's mom, the baby is Ellie. It, it's a whole fucking it, yeah. it's a whole convoluted mess. Right. How do these leaks make you feel, Dakota? Uh, probably not gonna pre-order the game. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right off the bat, yeah, I'm probably not gonna buy this. Um, it's it's it, it didn't super hit me until like right now, in that this basically undoes most of the good in the first Last of Us game. Yeah. Just out of, out of out of some weird spite. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Um. I think that uh, the main problem for me is it really cheapens that like perfect ending that I was talking about. You know, like I just think The Last of Us is a story that didn't need a sequel. It it already wrapped up in like the most satisfactory way i could imagine where like i'm happy but also deeply uncomfortable at the same time i i feel like a, a story like that that's exactly the the tone it needs to hit at the end oh, and yeah. uh but this takes all of my um all of my hope away you know um the the open-ended you know the as i said before the ending is open-ended you can assume that something bad probably happened to joel and ellie eventually because that's just the nature of the world they live in um but you're left to dream you know uh which is the best you can ask for it, it it's it, it makes the ending of the first game really unfortunate it makes it like i will say completely like boot but it's pretty much completely it pretty much completely devalues the first like the first game because of all all these story implications yeah which is weird because all these like we got this fantastic story of the first one and then the sequel there's all these glaring plot holes well yeah i mean it's just like i knew joel was gonna die i didn't need to see it um and i didn't need to be told to sympathize with and inhabit the character who brutally murdered him like i'm aware that joel's a bad guy i'm aware that i shouldn't root for him um but he is the protagonist of almost the entire first game and that's not a good way to ingratiate me with this new game I would also just say, like, we talked earlier about the difference between, like, cynicism and nihilism, where the first game is extremely cynical about Joel and Ellie as people, especially Joel, but it never jumps into that nihilistic territory. It never completely, fully condemns them, Um, and they both get theoretically happy endings. But in this game, they're just like, no, Joel and Ellie are shitty and bad. Everything is bad. Yeah. Look at me. I'm Neil Druckmann. Yeah. And and you had some, some thoughts on, on on how you thought this might be reflecting, like, real-world developments? Yeah. There's... Let me, let me, get, let me settle in for this, because this is an interesting... Is this just a theory of mine? The reason that, barring all the glaring plot holes and... Uh, cheap cheap scares i guess and in, in the way of like interesting characters just to kill them off uh yeah. outside of that uh, what i think the reason is that the last of us 2 is just so fucking grim is that it, it's almost a look into what our society is right now i guess is a weird way to put it it's just like as a reaction to all the negativity in in our lives currently because the last of us 2 was announced in December 2016. Uh, December 2016 was also uh, right right before uh, our, we got our president. Very and contentious it, election. Yes, yes, a very contentious, very heated election. And it hasn't gone down from there. It's everything's been a balls to the wall, red line insanity since then. Uh, and, and I feel like this is almost 
a way for like uh, Druckmann and his his writing team to kind of codify that in a way. Mm. The the reason there's no hope in The Last of Us Two is because Druckmann and his writers feel like there's no hope for the world right now. It is my theory as to why this game is just so just so goddamn depressing. I think it's theoretically possible. I think certainly it could be reflecting a decreased belief in, like, humanity as good, you know? I would also say, I think, in a similar vein, the coronavirus is the worst possible thing that could have happened to this game. Because I think part of the reason why people had such viscerally negative reactions to these leaks... Um, was not just that, like, a beloved character got, like, brutally, senselessly murdered early in the story. I think it was because nobody's in the mood for something depressing right now. Like, when you're living in a, in a, in a, in a world where, like, life as you know it has been kind of, um, disrupted by, like, something scary that's never happened before that's killing a lot of people, you know, it's nowhere near an actual apocalypse, but, like, a lot of people seem to fucking think it is, but like, you know, it's serious, it's scary, it's changed the way we live our lives, and I think already people were going to be wary of delving into a fucking zombie apocalypse story, and I think to find out that one of their favorite characters gets needlessly murdered is not, like, people aren't in the mood for that grimdark bullshit right now, you know? Yeah, they're, they're not. Why do you think Animal Crossing has sold 12 million copies right now? People right. want something. People want some kind of escapist media yeah. that they that they can actually escape into. Well, like you said in our Animal Crossing episode, Animal Crossing is comfy. It's a feel good franchise. Um, you can just kind of lose yourself in it and pretend that the world outside your window ain't so bad right now. The Last of Us Two saying, "But what if the world outside your window was even fucking worse?" What if your loved ones got clubbed to death with golf clubs in front of you? Yeah, exactly. It, it's a very cynical, very uh, nihilistic look at uh, society. Yeah. Which, um, you know, again, at the end of the day, I just don't think this is a story that needed to be told. You know, like, with, to go back to Telltale, when, um, when Lee dies at the end of season one and clementine's left on her own that is a story that needs to be continued like there is still something to be said about what happens next to clementine but joel and ellie the story was never about like first and foremost the story was always about them and their dynamic you know i don't really like the whole we can make a vaccine from you may have been the driving force to get the plot moving, but at the end of the day, it was never really the point of the story. It was, it was, everything was just background details to facilitate Joel and Ellie's very strange relationship with each other. So, like, I feel like I've seen their relationship wrap up. Like, they have inverted roles. Joel is happy and hopeful, and Ellie is, like, bitter and suspicious. And they're going to try and make a life for themselves. You know, I feel like the story's done. Um, so to tell me not only the story's not done, but one component of that hopeful ending is going to be brutally killed in front of you. I just didn't need that. I, I didn't want that. No, it, it, nobody, nobody, people wanted a last of a sequel, but nobody, nobody wanted it this way. And, and, and well, it, it's, it's weird. Any sort of sequel, of course, is going to have to address that because uh, things are, it, you can't turn everything around in you know, five, ten years. Uh, it's going to be generations before, and this is just me bullshitting, uh, it's going to be generations before anything really changes in the Last of Us universe. Right. Since, you know, the herd immunity builds. It, it, the, the, the Last of Us, like like we said before, was a, a self-contained story with an open ending, mm-hmm. which I think was left for either the upcoming TV series or movie that they were trying to yeah. work on. Okay, I could see that. But, because I've I've heard both. I think I think the movie's canceled. I've heard there's a TV series as well. the The movie's been in production hell for years, like at least five years, if not more. Yeah, just just I know there's a Last of Us, Last of Us movie. I think that was finally canceled. There's a yeah. a, HBO's doing a Last of Us TV series, which is supposed to come out next year. Yeah, I don't I don't really care about that because like. 
again, I think the story's already pretty much perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it didn't need anything tacked on, and anything else yeah. feels extra. Even if they just want to retell the original story, I like Joel and Ellie as they are in the games. I like the actors. I like uh, the character designs and stuff. I'm not really interested in seeing that redone. Yeah, like if they wanted to do a Last of Us Part Two, they really wanted to do a sequel. Uh, mm-hmm. Give us a prequel, honestly. Like, give us like a, a younger Joel and a younger Tess. Let 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 us build their dynamic. Or do what The Walking Dead eventually did and just give us different characters. Show us a different aspect of what it's like to struggle in this world. Robert Kirkman, you know, once said that he thinks that before he ends The Walking Dead comics, he'll probably just kill Rick off and start telling the story from a completely different perspective in a completely different part of the country or the world. Just because, like, you know, from his perspective, it's not limited to one character. And I think that The Last of Us is so explicitly character-driven that it's a mistake to try and wring an entire franchise out of two characters who have such, like, a distinct character arc that's already been wrapped up, you know? Exactly, Um, exactly. You know, move on to somebody else. Maybe show us Marlene and the the Fireflies, you know, show what they were doing throughout uh, the original game or something. Yeah, if you want, if you want to play as Joel as like this, like unfortunate hero, or like this, like mm-hmm. this, like bad person doing good deeds, like give us a view from the others, from the other side of the window. Give us, like right. I said, give us the fireflies. Give us like, fuck it, dude. Give us some random like raiders. Uh, there's yeah. there's like a weird like tight knit group of, like four or five raiders. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. See, so just give us uh, something that you can use the same universe. Cause it's a it's a fully fleshed out, it's a beautiful universe. But yeah. you don't you don't have to keep going with Joel and Ellie. Yeah. I mean there's a lot of like conceptual qualities of The Last of Us that I really love beyond the character stuff. Like I actually think the Cordyceps it's slightly as a concept like should I say gimmicky? Because like for a long time the real world Cordyceps parasite had been like something that people would, like, whisper about on the internet, like, oh, have you ever read Parasex Pokedex entry? And, like, you know, so many nature documentaries featured the the parasite in action and stuff like that. So I think to a certain extent they were trying to capitalize on the, like, existing interest and fear that surrounded the real-life Cordyceps. Yeah, it, 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 gives, it, it gives your fiction game a non-fiction grounding. Yeah, it's there, there's some element of believability to it. And just aesthetically, I think the the clickers and the... Uh, I forget what the big bloated ones are called. But I, I think the they look really cool. And I, I love the, like... I love the aesthetic of, like... Because in The Last of Us, the world isn't just broken down and shitty. It was broken down and shitty. And now, like, nature's reclaiming it. So most of the settings you're in are beautiful and full of plant life. And I love that. Yeah, that, that's um, fantastic. It's great. It's a great juxtaposition that underlies the whole, the whole, the whole game. Is that you know we're in this shitty post-apocalypse, but there is hope. You know, life returns to right. uh, all these major cities. There's potential for new growth, and like at one point you see zoo animals that are like thriving in the city that they were once like captive in and stuff like that. The original game, for all of its cynicism, like we keep saying, did have that kind of undertone of hope. And because I like these various aesthetic elements so much, like, I'm, I am I would be totally willing to revisit the world. I just think these particular characters I'm done with. Um, it'd be one thing if we're following a new character and Joel and Ellie were on, like, the periphery of that story, um, which is also kind of what they wound up eventually doing with Clementine in the Telltale games. But I don't know. I, I don't like the direction that the sequel seems to be going. I think they are also following this kind of unfortunate trend of like oh you thought joel was gonna be important did you Bleh! you know like this kind of this need to be subversive for the or or being like shocking for the sake of being shocking i'm not a fan of that there, there, there's a saying that i've heard that says controversy creates cash you know and any and of course it comes off of like any publicity is good publicity i, I can't imagine this being one of those options this they're not one of those mm. examples i suppose like i can't see last of us part two doing last of us numbers because last of us itself sold like insane like 17 million copies i think 
it, it yeah. was it was a smash hit for Naughty Dog. Yeah, um, I was yeah, already by, sorry by 2018. By two years ago, they'd sold 17 million copies of the game. Yeah, yeah, I was already lukewarm on a sequel, as we've already discussed. But these leaks have pretty much turned me off of it altogether. If word of mouth reaches me after the fact that, oh, if you ignore the leaks and just, like, play the game, the story actually handles it really well, maybe I would still give it a chance. Um, but I'm I'm so pleased with the ending of the first game that I, I, I don't know. Now, I, I do think it's worth noting that they do seem to be going for some kind of theme about, like, the kind of, like, poisonous nature of revenge, because... Abby kills Joel extremely brutally um, as part of her revenge for her father. And then Ellie resolves to get revenge for Joel against Abby. And you wind up playing as both Ellie and Abby, who are both characters who feel like they've been wronged. They both want revenge and could potentially be the victims of revenge. So, like, they're clearly trying to tell a story about how blood and violence beget blood and violence. That you're better off just learning to put your traumas behind you, learning to move on and try and find peace. Because if you go looking for violence, you'll find violence. You know, I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, actually, I I can back that up just because I'm reading the Wikipedia article for Last of Us Part 2. As we're recording the podcast, because, again, I'm such a solid uh, researcher for this show. Uh, Right here... It says that whereas the first game centers on love, Neil Druckmann stated that part two centers on hate. Yeah. So it's either it's obvious they're going into this with malicious intent. It, it, they're doing this, like you said, for shock value to garner a reaction, which I, they got. Which I don't know about you, Dakota, but I'm much more interested generally in watching people grow than watching people completely fall apart. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Especially when I've already devoted an entire game's worth of experience to watching them grow. Like, you you see Ellie grow and change so much over the course of the first game. To me, it sounds like the second game will just be about her descending into madness and, and just murderous rage, you know? Um, that doesn't sound nearly as compelling or, like, productive. Like, you can tell me all you want that revenge is toxic, but are we going to see a character actually put revenge aside and learn to live a peaceful life? Because that's not the impression I get. What what I am anticipating is every fucking character will be dead or miserable by the end of the game. I've, I'm a little less mad about the leaks now because when I went in, I was under the impression that Ellie died in the same attack that Joel did and that after Ellie died, you took over as Abby. And I was like, that's fucked up and shitty. Now that I know that Ellie continues on, I'm I'm a little more like, okay, show me what you got, Naughty Dog. But I still, I stand by what I said, that the trajectory of the story feels nihilistic. And I I didn't want a sequel in the first place. And I have a feeling, you know, this, Joel's death already ruins the ending of the first game for me. You could have just left it up to my imagination, you know. I yeah. liked it that way. Yeah. Um... Anything else you want to add? I think I think this is kind of our like final statements on the uh, on on the whole thing. No, I mean I think I've pretty much got it, you know, wrapped up. I I think the problem is The Last of Us is such a special game, and it was so monumental when it first came out that nobody from like the fans to Naughty Dog to Sony nobody wants to let it go. It's like, oh, there's, it's going to be a whole franchise. There's going to be sequels, movies, TV shows. There, it's going to have multiplayer online, and it's going to be the, the next big thing, you know. But at the end of the day, I think The Last of Us was just one good, self-contained story. And I think any... I, I think, it would, you know, we said that there are options for potential continuations for the series that might be better. But I still think, as a general rule, you're never going to quite capture the same magic again. Uh, do you have any anything else? Uh, we didn't even get into uh, how Sony. We kind of got into how Sony responded to this. We didn't really get into it because Sony's been going balls to the wall with uh, false DMCA claims to get yes, people to shut the fuck up about their shitty game. <laughs> uh, that's how you know they're innocent. Yeah, that's how you. That's how you know it's just a trick and everything. And they're super innocent when they're taking down like when they're, they're DMCA 
like digital millennium copyright act striking videos with clips in it memes fucking uh I don't know. Uh, the, the Kiwi Farms got hit with two separate DMCA strikes because of Last of Us 2 stuff. Yeah, they're actively trying to, like, silence dissent, even though they're also insisting that none of the leaks are true. Which you can't have so, both. You, you know, no. you wouldn't be attacking random meme makers and YouTubers as hard if if this tr- if there wasn't a truth to the leaks. So, uh, bottom line, I guess, uh, I'm not gonna play it. F- fuck, fuck this. Fuck Night of Dog. Fair enough, man. All right. Well, uh, that was a that, that was a somewhat pleasant walk down memory lane, and then a angering uh, walk through the future. Just like Last of Us uh, games themselves. Look at that. This is the, the, yeah. This is pretty much how I, this is how I'm gonna feel if I ever do it playing this game. It's just it's just gonna be bitter and like yeah. I feel gross. Sometimes you just gotta let art stand on its own and stop trying to make franchises out of things. Yeah, not everything um, needs I, a, not everything needs a cinematic universe. Not everything needs like a big overarching theme. Everything not everything needs to connect to other franchises. Art can stand on its own. And I'm gonna be honest, it's okay if The Last of Us is ultimately forgotten someday because it's not a part of like a sprawling franchise. Like you know, whatever it had, it had its impact in its time. People enjoyed it. Plenty of money was already made off of it. You know, after you know, after a while, just let it go, or you're gonna tarnish the memory of the original piece of art, which I think has to some extent happened here. Oh, exactly. Anyway, we we've complained long enough. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Cthulhu Light Show. If you have. I'm Brian. Uh, unfortunately, you cannot find me on any social media as of yet. I'm Dakota. You can follow me at Ford. I haven't forced Brian into making a Twitter account yet or anything, so yeah, he's still a ghost. It's coming pretty soon, I think. Um, please give us a you know a follow, a review, a download, whatever. It really, listen, really helps. Listen to the show, guys, please. <laughs> this is fun. We, but I'm, uh, this is fun, but I'm, I'm shouting into the void in my room. Uh, annoying yes. my roommates. Like, the, the, I, I want to have something come from this besides like taking up some space on a cast box server. Yeah, I mean that's a th- at the end of the day, like we are having fun with it, but we're not reaching much of an audience. So anything you can do to spread and share uh, is really, really appreciated because we'd like to keep doing this in the long term. We're not, we're not, we're not cool enough for a Patreon yet, so I'm just gonna say, uh, subscribe. That was Sony copyright striking this this podcast. Anyway, uh, thanks again for watching, guys. Uh, we will be back next week, hopefully. Yeah. Bye. I hate you, Yeah, fuck anybody who likes video games. Fuck anybody who likes Fuck the Europeans. Yeah. <laughs>